With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Taking you beyond the field and inside the locker room. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Konigsberg and Jake Shapiro. Welcome into the BSN Buffs Podcast. I am Jake Shapiro. He is Ryan Konigsberg, as mentioned by our lovely new introduction of voices. Who is that again? It's me. It's really not. Uh, also on the podcast today, Allie Monroy. Always, not on the intro. Not on the intro. We couldn't get her uh, her voice on. Hey, guys, I'm not fired. I'm back. Yeah, we actually. that's why she's not on here. She's actually <laughs> fired. She just doesn't know it yet. You didn't let me say those calls in the intro were my calls. Those were my calls. Courtesy of Jake Shapiro. Anyways, uh, before we get started on the BSN Buffs podcast, I've got to tell you about my bookie. Football fans are flooding the marketplace, Ryan. Did you know that? No. But what are they flooding the marketplace for? Dollar dollar bills. Yes, they are. And you know where you can get your dollar dollar bills? Where? On mybookie.lv. They have the best odds on mybookie.lv. They offer real Las Vegas odds, incredible player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But Jake, how fast were the payouts? Fast. No hassle. Payouts. And let me tell you about the best part. When you join now, you get... They'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar and get an extra 10%. I'm mind-blown. That's how good of an offer it is. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Just remember, promo code BSN Denver. That's how you get that offer. Expert that's our rookie. website. Yes, that is our website. <laughs> Expert or rookie, you got to go check out mybookie.lv. Sign up today. Speaking of numbers, Ryan, mm-hmm. speaking of numbers, Allie. Yeah. The Buffs are ranked 21st in the country. Wow. Vegas. Blackjack. You're good at Vegas. <laughs> Uh, we have people in the bar next to us are already laughing at us <laughs> uh, here at the Blake Street Tavern, uh, where we always shoot our podcasts. Us, but... They aren't fans of us. <laughs> they're jealous of all the uh, blackjacks Ryan scored in Vegas. Meanwhile, my Georgia, uh, my Georgia Southern Eagles are up thirteen ten on Arkansas State. Uh, neither of those teams ranked. One is three and one. One is zero oh and four. But the Buffs are four and one after five weeks, and they are ranked number twenty one in the country. Ryan. Uh, your first reaction when you found out that news uh, that your Colorado Buffaloes that you have been following for years and years now, first time they've been ranked since before you can drive, I think. That's probably a fair assessment, yeah. Uh, 2005? Long before I could drive. I wasn't. I didn't have my permit. He's calling you old. That's pretty wild. It's <laughs> uh, wild. Honestly, my first reaction was I was just really happy for the players. These guys have worked so hard to get – to where they are now and really the coaches too and I think you know it was in that piece I I wrote the players just want to play so hard for Mike McIntyre because they know that he doesn't he the guy barely sleeps he's there every night I mean he has a couch in his office he could sleep there he puts in so much freaking work to try and get these guys to where they are now that 
all of those people. And someone told me that recently that you don't deserve things. Well, I really think that team did deserve this. And their argument was that you earn things. You don't deserve things. I think they, they put in so much work. Uh, I don't know if there's a team in the country that deserves to be ranked more than them. I think they've earned it too. Just these last few weeks, I definitely think they've earned it. Um, speaking of Coach Mack, I was at the stadium at 5 a.m. on Saturday, and he was out on the field when the lights finally turned on, and he was out on the field walking, doing laps, and just really focused and really getting game time ready. And it was wow. it was great. That's stuff <laughs> it that was you 5 a.m., and it was cold, and he just wasn't talking to anyone. People were saying hi to him. He would just give a quick wave and just kept walking and just kept lapping the field. That's stuff that you don't get anywhere else but the BSN yeah. Buffs podcast. Yeah, no other podcast that cover the Buffs get, give you that kind of insight. Definitely the best podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, aside from the initial reactions, it kind of brings levity to how good the Buffs are right now. Yeah, they're only 4-1, and one and they've won two Pac-12 games. And, yeah, that is quite the accomplishment. But it's only after five weeks, and you have to come back to it, and you're like, oh, my God. Just five weeks ago, people were saying the Buffs aren't going to a bowl this year, and all of a sudden they're ranked in the country. I know, I know one specific person who was saying that. And, you know, I think the article that, that did about the best job at providing levity towards this situation was our Ted Chalfin's article on just how long it had been since the Colorado Buffaloes had been ranked and what this means for the program. And, Ryan, I'll have your reaction to what this means to the program because, for, for me, I, I want to give my reaction first. It, it, it just verifies – what the rise is and that the rise is real and all those, you know, catchy sayings that they're bringing around the program. But to me, it, it validates Mike McIntyre as a legitimate division or power five coach. It legitimate, legitimate, legitimizes, legitimizes. Sorry. I have a lost voice still legitimizes everything that he has built at Colorado and what he's trying to build. And it makes his staff, which people have criticized in the past, this current staff, it gives them a lot of credibility, in my opinion. And it also gives a lot of credibility to Rick George for sticking with Mike mm-hmm. McIntyre through the years where he could have fired him. Yeah, I think you, you said a lot of it there. But mm-hmm. mostly it, it does validate not only what Mike McIntyre's done, but literally everything he said since he got to Colorado. He was never unrealistic, I don't think, with anyone about how long this rebuild was going to take. It's not easy to do what he's done. And, and that goes back to me saying all the work that he's put in you have to change the culture. You have to, you know, change the mindset of every player out there. The players that are, you know, that are the core of this team right now, Sefo Lufau, and we'll get into that later, but <laughs> Sefo Lufau, Phil Lindsay, um, you know, players that were here when it was so bad that all they knew was losing. And it's not easy to teach people that losing is unacceptable when that's all they've known. And so the, the what Mike McIntyre has done – throughout his time here and the way he's changed things really validates every move he's made, every single thing he said in a press conference, everything he's done to this point as head coach of the Buffaloes. You know, like you said, it, it, it's so meaningful because it legitimizes him. And that's what I was saying, but it also, you look at the players, it says a, a, a thing about the players that hasn't been said in the past, and that's that these players actually make plays and these players actually win games. There's a different thing between saying it and doing it, and that's, that's for me is why I was so low on the buffs going into the season is because I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen them make any of these plays. I hadn't seen them win games. Now I've seen it. Now I believe it. 
And like Mike McIntyre said after his game is that he's, the players have tasted it and it tastes so good. You know, I can attest to it. I've seen the buffs and it's, it looks so good. Uh, everything that they're doing right now, even in the game they lost to Michigan, there was 35, 40 minutes of football where you can go, hey, that's some good football. So everything that the buffs have done to this point is positive in my opinion, except for, you know, some negatives in terms of injuries and stuff. But you really can't fault the buffs anywhere so saying, I'm not going to say they have a perfect season because they've lost a game, but they've, they, they've had a pretty exceptional season in terms of how everything's played out to this point. And that's really super encouraging, especially going into the rest of Pac-12 play. Yes, I know they haven't played the two best Pac-12 teams, but granted, they couldn't beat any Pac-12 teams in the last few years. That's my, you, you mentioned something there that's my only concern right now. After seeing Oregon go down so hard, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that victory, but you've now played Oregon and Oregon State. We know how bad Oregon State is. We're starting to get a feeling that Oregon isn't all that great either. And so now you go back to that Michigan game, and there's so many different variables in that game that you can't really grade them on that. I'm, I'm starting to feel like there isn't – we know that what they've done is good, but I feel like now – and, and I, you maybe say this every week, but I feel like now this USC game is the true measure – of what this team really is. I think we've been saying every game's the biggest game every single time we've done a podcast. Mike McIntyre would be proud. Basketball <laughs> podcast as well. Mike McIntyre would be proud. We uh we take it one day at a time. We really do. Trevor Simeon at Broncos today said one day at a time, I think, 37 times. At one point, I really wanted to ask the question, Trevor, in terms of days at a time that you're taking things, how many would you say you are? But I, I, I digress. I hate you so much sometimes. Uh, <laughs> going into the next thing is uh, why the Buffs are ranked, and that's that win over Oregon State. Steven Montez has an exceptional game once again. And I keep using the word exceptional because it's apt, and it hasn't been apt before, and I get to use exceptional. I know so many adjectives for bad and so many adjectives for losing, covering the Rockies and covering the Buffs. I get to all, use all my adjectives for good now, and I'm so pumped about it. But uh, – <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to say is Steven Montez has, has a great game, uh, 293 yards passing. He did some stuff on the ground as well, uh, 28 yards there. Shea Fields, though, three TDs, all in the first half, six receptions for 169 yards in the first half, I think, or 160, and he had one more in the second half for nine yards. But he, uh, wow, uh, wide receiver U is a thing at CU. I will attest to it because you've gone from uh, – Paul Richardson and Nelson Spruce to now Shea Fields, and he's playing at this level. That is probably the biggest positive sign from this Oregon State game, in my opinion. There's so many; they have so many weapons, and uh, as our friend Tyler Ziskin pointed out on Twitter, all these guys are going to be back next year, plus Juwan Winfrey and all the freshmen they're bringing in. It's, and Steven Montez. I mean, it's good now that Julamisi's playing defensive back. Like, where yeah, is he, he where was he going to play a wide receiver? I'd still like to see him get the ball in his hands a little more than just returns, but. It's wild the amount of talent. And the one that I want to look to is Bryce Bobo because a lot of people had written Bryce Bobo off after his first two seasons didn't um, amount to everything, anything. And all of a sudden, you see that you have to have patience with these kids because they are exactly that, kids. And they have to grow up at some point before they can really come into the player that they were had the potential to be. Bryce Bobo has turned into a weapon. I mean, an absolute weapon. One of the best receivers in the Pac-12. 
And I think it's a good lesson for everyone to be patient when players come in and they don't produce right away. But this wide receiving group as a whole, under the leadership of Darren Cheverini, I don't think that should be understated, has taken their entire group to a whole new level. The offense looked really good in general. Phil Lindsay had 90 on the ground for a touchdown, and that kind of got overlooked because a guy like Kyle Evans had a pretty good game getting 43 yards. But uh, Lindsay is a guy that's been a little bit overlooked, and he's had some up-and-down games. I think you have to look at the defense because they didn't allow a touchdown at Folsom Field, and that's pretty remarkable. They only allowed six points against a Pac-12 opponent, and yes, they're Oregon State, and Yes, they're terrible, but you look at the two games they've played at uh, at, at uh, not Coors Field. At, uh, I'm laughing because you said like you said they didn't allow a touchdown at Folsom as if it was Coors. Like offense automatically goes up at Folsom. It does, you know. It's just <laughs> the, the humidor just soars through the air. But uh, you know what I was trying to say is that in the two games we've seen at Folsom Field, both teams have used two quarterbacks. Both have been uh, very unsuccessful. And that has been such a good sign that the Buffs have been able to get really good pressure on quarterbacks at, in their home games. Their quarterbacks were 12 for 32 for 100 yards and two interceptions. That's insane. That's bad, folks. I mean, that's like what we're seeing, what I'm seeing every day covering the Broncos. This defense is legitimately that good. And obviously it's on a different scale. But they are making everything difficult on offenses. And... It's that secondary where where everything starts. I mean, across the across the entire field, you have a heck of a secondary that is just locking guys up. And I just I I feel like it catches teams off guard every game, seeing how little room college quarterbacks simply don't make those throws. Uh, even this guy that they're going to see at USC this week, they don't make those tight throws into tight windows very often at all. And speaking of that, Steven Montez made some ridiculous throws in that game that to me screamed NFL talent. But when a secondary can lock up like the buffs have there, you cut off the amount of options that a quarterback has so much that it, it creates sacks, it creates turnovers and it creates everything that you're seeing. And that hasn't happened in Boulder in so, so long. That it's it's pretty amazing to see. Their secondary's been so good, in fact, that they're playing this like extended nickel. And uh, Ryan Moeller's been playing a little bit of linebacker, but more in a nickelbacker position. And then you have uh, Cheeto Uzi playing his own position as well. So you have so many options in that secondary. I think you can't deny that the defense has played super well, but I'm still a little skeptical, and I still think that they need to – um, prove themselves a little more, especially during the Michigan and the Oregon game when they were under such tight pressure after Montez threw the interceptions or when Michigan went up a few points. They didn't come out as hot as they have in the past and as they did against Oregon State. I think USC will be a really good challenge for them and for us to see if the defense can hold off a team like USC's offense because they didn't really show that that much in the Michigan and Oregon game when they were put under tight pressure. I hope Pac-12 Network the, has a camera just solo shotted on Juju Smith-Schuster versus whichever DB Colorado puts on him. The only thing I will say is they did stand up at the end of that Oregon game when they needed to most. I agree. They but did. They, but, they, but they didn't, especially after Montez threw those two interceptions, they didn't come out hot. They didn't come on top of things. And they let Oregon score 21 points in 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that was – it's always tough when a team gets it rolling like that. And, you know, you 
it's you kind of have to get one stop or you're in trouble because it's just going to keep piling up. So, like I said, I, I the more I think about it, the more this USC game is the ultimate test because yeah. you you just they have been in a in a couple situations now where things got tough and obviously in Michigan it went south and in Oregon they pulled it off so I think this is going to be the next the next step for them we're going to get into that USC game in a second and we're going to get into Steven Montez versus Cephalufa in a second but first you talk about piling up Ryan speaking of pile up Ryan do you know what piles up at the Colorado Keg House what keg after keg because they have so many different beers on tap they have all of the bears you could ever want on tap nitro the bears <laughs> nitros Al's, Al's, ipas stouts they have all of the different beers um all the beers that you could want they have 30 flat screen tvs in there as well it's the perfect place to go check out a game on a saturday with so many be- beers beers, and so many different TVs. There's not a place in there that's empty of either a TV or a beer. Be careful, folks. I mean, the place is just running rampant with bears. <laughs> you <and> could... <laughs> people get mauled. If you want to check out this wonderful place with many beers, uh, you can go to 36th and Wadsworth, and that is where the Colorado Keg House is, right next to the Broomfield Event Center. We'll be right back on the other side of this quick timeout. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana Oils and Creams, Marcaha Oral Tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, and it's that time of year again. And we have a new opportunity for you to make some serious cash while watching football. The site is called MyBookie.LV, and thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about MyBookie.LV is the fast... No hassle payouts. Exactly, Ryan. That is right. When you win, there are no fast hassle payouts. And join now, and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Get an extra 10% bonus on top of that. When you sign up and deposit today, just make sure you use the promo code BSNDenver. That's promo code B-S-N-D-E-N-V-E-R. Expert or rookie, you got to go check out mybookie.lv. And also, if you can't spell BSNDenver, stop listening to the podcast right now. (laughs) Just putting putting it in layman's terms. Um, A lot of layman's that listen to this show. Layman's. God, no, really guys, the mans no, mans. no um, please, no. So you've got two quarterbacks, the Colorado Buffaloes do. Each have won two games. They've kind of split the game they lost. Eh. Yeah, who was that mm. loss on? I think that loss is more on number 12 than on number 13. Well, 
when Ma- when Sefa was out or er, playing during that game, he was amazing. So that means Mon- that means Sefo should start going into USC at the Coliseum. Uh, there's a case there. Yeah. Now, I believe there's also a case to be made for Steven Montez because when you watch that that Oregon State game, and I and I realize the competition level isn't nearly as high as they're going to see at USC. When you watch that Oregon State game, he makes throws, and I mentioned this a little bit in the last segment. He makes throws that simply are not made at the college level. Uh, sometimes you don't want a guy throwing off his back foot. On that first touchdown to, to Shea Fields, he threw it off his back foot and couldn't have thrown a more perfect ball. These are throws that just – I love Sefo Lufau. Sefo doesn't make those throws. Now, Sefo makes better decisions, and I think there's a lot to be said for having a fifth-year se- – or a fourth four-year starter senior on the field. But something about Steven Montez just brings another dimension to this offense, I think, and, and he makes plays that I don't know if Sefo's capable of making. Something about Steven is soon to be headline on bsndenver.com. Uh, but, you know, this was the Colorado Safe Outlet question of the week. And I've got to throw it out to the fans first and see what they said before I give my opinion and Ali gives hers. Sefo, uh, if healthy, he has unfinished business against USC. Uh, that's what M. Stevenson 11 says on Twitter. Tamara E. says, Lufau, give it to the senior. Montez's time will come. Sefo has fought his way back from being one of the best, most hated CU buffs in history. I believe in Sefo. The kid can, uh, can wait a year, Cameron Sadler said. Uh, Buck Wild said, Sefo, more experience needed in revenge from last year on USC. Matt T., Sefo, if he's 100% healthy. Matt Cisneros, give me the ball, coach. I'm ready to ball. <laughs> uh, Brent. Sefo played well before he got hurt, and you should never lose your job because of an injury. Ben Burroughs, Sefo, because you know why. Grant, Sefo. Angry Ace, whomever gives us the best chance to win. Double A, Sefo. So almost everyone said Sefo. Except for Cisneros, who had by far the worst tweet of this entire thing. (laughs) We give him too much credit. We need to call him out when he just does something terrible. All right. Fine. That was a bad tweet. Bad tweet, Cisneros. Nah. Go back. To stick to graphics. So, Allie, before we get back to Ryan's anf- answer, Montez or Sefo? I say Sefo. I agree with everyone who answered the question of the week. I think experience triumphs how Sefo or how Steven's been playing. I think a lot of people are forgetting the way Sefo played the um, two games that he started, as well as against Michigan, and they're only focusing on Montez being hot right now and beating Oregon and Oregon State, which of course were great wins, but honestly, I say you go for experience, and Sefo just brings out leadership to the field, and I think he could play better at USC. Like they said, he has unfinished business. He got injured last year playing USC. That caused his injury to be out for the rest of the season, and I really think Sefo will bring us the win. So, Ryan, you're the only person that we've asked that thinks Stephen Monta should be the quarterback. So really convince me. No, I'm, I don't want to say that. You said I this last week, too. Last week I was playing devil's advocate. I said that I don't know if – McIntyre will play Sefa Lufau. It's not that I think Steven can do it, but I understand the case that a coach could feel for leaving Steven Montez in there. The offense is rolling. The kid's feeling good. He is the future of the program, and I don't know if there's a, a big drop-off from Sefa Lufau to Steven Montez. So as a coach, are you thinking, okay, we have to get our senior in there. 
we have to roll with him? Or are you thinking, look, this redshirt freshman is killing it, and I don't know how big the drop-off is there. Maybe we need to get him out there and start letting him be, let this become his team. And so I understand both sides of it. And when I hear Mike McIntyre talk about the situation, it doesn't sound to me like Cepho, Cepho, Cepho. It sounds to me like he is as indecisive about this as anyone because he understands that if you take the ball out of Steven Montez's hands and give it back to Cepho and then stuff goes wrong with Cepho and you have to pull the ball back out of his hands and give it back to Steven Montez, you're creating a lot of unnecessary turbulence. Whereas maybe you roll Steven Montez and if the wheels come off there, then you go back to Cepho and you stick with that for the rest of the season. But I I just feel like maybe as a coach, you don't want to mess with something while it's working. And he said it two weeks ago in the press conference when he said, depends on how hot our team is. Well, it doesn't get much hotter than, you know, beating both Oregon school, Oregon schools, including just absolutely blowing out Oregon state. So I just don't think it's as cut and dry as you just have to throw Cepho back in there. But this is Cepho's team. And as much as you say, you don't want this turbo turbulence and, an uproar between the team and maybe a quarterback controversy in the locker room. Aren't you doing that by giving Steven Montez the ball if he's healthy because this is Cepho Lufau's team already. This isn't Montez's team. It's Lufau's. Winning cures everything, though, and that's what Steven Montez has been doing. But Coach Mack, during the presser to, uh, or yesterday, was talking about how it, he made it seem – he didn't say Sefo was starting, but he made it seem if Sefo was 100% healthy, then he would be the starter. I, I think that's his out for saying, well, Sefo is 90%. He, he was stumbling. He was, he was tripping up his words because someone, a reporter asked, if Sefo is 100%, will you play him? And he kind of stumbled on his words and was like, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see, see how it plays out. It'll be a game time well, decision. What did we say when Sefo initially got hurt? He won't be a hundred percent again this year because it's an ankle injury. And generally with those ankle injuries, you don't get back up to a hundred percent. So there you go. There's Mac, Mike McIntyre's out to going to Steven Monte. I just, I feel like people are thinking this is a cut and dry decision. And I just don't think it is. I think Sefo's really hungry to play. He even told media a few days ago that he felt like his ankle was a hundred percent and McIntyre laughed during the press conference and said he's always going to say that he's always going to want to get on the field. But I think he is ready to go for Saturday. Well, and, and he told me this in the interview that I used for the article I wrote on BSN Buffs last week. And I ended up not using this quote, but he said, look, it, I was so happy for my teammates that we beat Oregon. But as a competitor, it was really, really hard for me to not be on the field for that massive win. And so, of course, he's hungry to be out there. But in the end, it's not his call. And if Mike McIntyre says, look, son, you don't look 100% to me in practice, then that kind of it kind of gives him an out to go to Steven Montez. In, in a sense, Sefo Lufau is not trustworthy when it comes to talking about his health. And it goes into all the things that I love about Sefo Lufau. He's, a, he's by far the toughest athlete I've ever covered in my life. But when he says he's healthy, it doesn't actually mean it's he's healthy. It mean he means I'm getting back out there on that field because my teammates need me. And so I understand I just understand all sides of this and I I really when it comes down to it, I just have a feeling that they want to go with Montez. See, I'm of the school that there are no loyalties in sports. There is no you can't lose your job for getting injured because 
let's say a guy like, I don't know, the starting second baseman for the Rockies, DJ LeMahieu, gets hurt. And let's say a minor leaguer, like let's say Trevor Story comes up and takes that position. You're going to tell me Trevor Story isn't a guy you want in your lineup every day over DJ LeMahieu? You know, both are good ball players. You probably find a way to play both. But that's kind of a situation the, the, the Buffs are facing right now where they're trying to figure out how to play both. However, I do think that a Cepho at 90% gives you a better chance to win right now than Steven Montez. And that's all I care about is who gives you the better Why? chance to win. Why do I think that? Because I think he's going to make smarter decisions. I think he's a better uh, got pocket passer at this point. And, yes, Steven Montez has made some terrific throws. But I think he, he has a great offensive – not great offensive line, but they have a competent offensive line now. So you're starting to see a better offensive line, and the offensive line has improved in every week. And Steven Montez has just happened to play in the last, the last two weeks. So the offensive line has been, on, been at its best the last two weeks. So I think you're seeing some of the results of that play into Montez's success. I think if Lufau took the field right now, you'd see some better results from him because the offensive line has improved. I just don't personally believe that a 90% that you're saying that Cepho is 10% better than Steven Montez. And I, I just haven't seen anything that tells me that that's true. I'm not saying he's 10% well, you're better. You're saying that 90% Cepho is better than 100% Steven. I don't, I don't think that's actually how math works, but we'll, we'll, we'll use layman's math. Or you, it's literally a difference of 10%. Right, but it, it changes once you, once you start getting into percentages. You have, to get a, <laughs> you have to pick an exact number. What are you talking about? It's like... What is going on? It's, it's like basically if you're saying you have a 310 hitter and a 300 hitter and you're saying it's 10%, but you have to factor in the correct amount of bat, at bats to make sure each are equal. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about because what we're talking about is completely subjective. Right, but what I'm saying subjectively is that Cepho <laughs> is probably, I, I would say even maybe 20% better than Steven Montes at this point. I think, at, at least for Not this team, I think Cepho Lufau, in terms of leadership and what this team needs, is a guy that's going to sit back there, not make mistakes, and make the correct throws because this defense is going to hang in there and force turnovers themselves. So as long as the offense doesn't make mistakes, you've heard this one before, the Buffs will win games. So will the Broncos. That's where you've heard this one before. But I just think you're understating what Steven Montez has done to this point because – Nothing he's done has has showed me that he's a bad decision maker. Yes, did he get he Those got two interceptions at Oregon were brutal. One was not it, he was he was hot. It was, one was a heat check and one was a bad decision. So he made one bad decision in my opinion. When he threw that first one, everything was going right for him. I mean, when you make six threes in a row, you're allowed a seventh one. If you if you airball it, it's not that big of a deal. To me, nothing he's done tells me Steven Montez isn't a good decision maker. All he's done is put up points and win games. And like I said, I love Cepho Lufau. I think he is an amazing quarterback. I think he has come such a long way in his career, and he's the toughest SOB that I've ever seen. But I, I, I'm just not convinced that Mike McIntyre feels as strongly about this as people do. And if he did, he would say – you want to go to Broncos? He would say what Gary Kubiak said when he came in on Monday and there was a quarterback injury. He said, Trevor's our starter when he's healthy. That's the sound of a coach who's, who knows what he's, what he's going to do at quarterback. Mike McIntyre isn't that confident. Yeah, he likes what that. he's seeing out of Steven Montez, and, he, and I guarantee you he is not sure what he's going to do because of what Steven Montez has done. And I said this before, 
the fact that Steven Montez was his find. I, I'm with you. I think Steven Montez is his guy. I, I think he's – I don't think he's committed to it, but I think he's kind of laying down the signs that he's his guy. But do I think he gives him the best chance to win? I don't think so, and, and that's my opinion. But looking at Mike McIntyre's opinion, I think Steven Montez is slowly becoming his guy – and if he has a stellar first half against USC, he is his guy. If he oh, falters in the first half. If Cepho doesn't play in this game and Steven Montez plays well, it's over. And that's unfortunate because I think Cepho completely deserves to play this out. And I think he deserves to be the guy who led the Buffaloes back because he was the guy who fought them through the toughest uh, holes of, all, of anyone. But if the ball goes in Steven Montez's hands this week and he balls out, it's over. It's over. Agreed. But what do you do if the Buffs are getting, I don't know, blown out in the first half and Steven Montez is struggling? Do you say Lufau still hurt so we just don't play him? Or do you – and you kind of stick to your guns and you say we're going to bring back Cepho next week? Or do you just say roll out for the second half? I'm not necessarily against the idea of if, if it's not working, let Steven take his lumps and you come in next week and you say Cepho's healthy, it's his team, we're giving it back to him. But I think – whoever is the starting quarterback this week isn't going to have the longest leash in the world. And if things start to go downhill, I don't think Mike McIntyre is just going to tip his cap and walk off. Well, yeah, the coaches said that he, um, whoever starts is their starter for this week. And it's not going to be flip flopping different decisions on, Oh, we'll keep, we'll have Montez in at first. Well, then we'll switch to Lou Fowl. The coaching staff said once they pick a quarterback, they will stick to him during the game. Yeah, we'll and, and that was see. a little bit about, too, uh, there was an idea floated to Brian Lindgren about rotating in in quarterbacks. Well, that's, and I mean, he, you can't do he that. shut that down pretty quickly. You can't switch guys within a game over and over again, but I, I – Worked pretty well for Northwestern in 2012. No, it really didn't. Uh, I don't think you can switch them in and out, but I think if a guy goes out there and he's underperforming, you know you have a guy in there who – could maybe perform better and maybe you make that call right then and there you know you said you think either of these guys to me off the record give the buffs a pretty good shot at winning the game we're going to get into that in a second and who gives the buffs the best shot at winning this game um or really just any shot at winning this game and how big this game could be because it seems like for colorado having a chance to go five and one beating usc in their barn on their field whatever you want to say being within the teens of the rankings coming back home for homecoming with a chance to clinch a bowl in week seven that seems like this game could lead up to a pretty big game at arizona state obviously arizona, home state, to arizona state right uh, against arizona state either way that arizona state's game is going to be big but if the buffs somehow find a way to pull it out at usc that game against arizona state could somehow end up being one of the biggest games that this program has had in quite some time so we're going to come right back on the BSM Buffs podcast, and we're going to talk about the USC Trojans. Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. 
There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to theclinickcolorado.com. Oh, I thought you were going to keep beatboxing. Well, welcome back to the VSN Buffs podcast. I'm Jake Schreier alongside Ryan Koenigsberg. I just like holding the mic like this. <laughs> and Allie. Hey, Are you uh, going to drop the mic? Yeah, about to drop some beats oh, on this. God. As always, uh, <laughs> thanks to the Blake Street Tavern for hosting us. Uh, best place to come out for a watch party. I'm telling you, you you have to be here on Saturday. I'll be here on Saturday. I'm excited. Ziskin. I'm excited to experience it. Ziskin's right here. Ziskin, yell into the mic about how good the watch parties are at Blake Street. Best ever. I have to work again. <laughs> Ziskin has to work, which means we're gonna make him work very hard. <laughs> okay. Well, Ziskin's on cleanup crew for Murray, who will be flipping t- tables again. <laughs> Murray, it was a hundred percent Murray. Yeah. Don't you have injuries from it? I don't. Yeah. How does Murray both of have our, injuries? Yeah, we have we have matching scars. <laughs> Swear to God, we both have a cut in the exact same place in our leg. That's I think you flipped it onto me, and then I flipped it back <laughs> onto you. Biggest sign of a bromance is matching scars. But uh, you know what? You know what you do with your bromances often, Ryan. What? You go get wings with your bro. I do. You know what a good place to do that on a Wednesday is? Where? The Clock Tower Grill. Seventy-five cent wings at the Clock Tower Grill on Wednesdays. Three dollar Long Island's on Mondays, and three dollar shots on Friday. When I'm really trying to impress a bro on a bro date. Oh, that's where i bring them it's not a bad place because it's the perfect place to get your pregame on which means you're getting your game on somewhere else with your bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one didn't work out for oh, you as goodness. well as you had planned so usc guys uh the usc trojans uh <laughs> colorado buffaloes ranked 21 to, to appease the hecklers when i'm bringing a girl date i go to the blake street tavern if that makes you feel any better over Whoa. here do you get wings there, too? Yeah, I always get wings wherever I go. <laughs> He's a wings guy. Uh, but I'm just trying to soar, you know? I need wings. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Even I didn't like that one. Everyone's leaving the room now. They couldn't deal with it. Um, <laughs> Booing, Ryan. <laughs> anyways, the Colorado Buffaloes are going to play the USC Trojans. The Buffs are ranked 21, meaning... I actually didn't have to navigate ESPN to find the Buffs' time or score this week because the Buffs are ranked, so it's right on the top bar. It's pretty amazing, actually. Like, you always have to go into your ESPN app and then go to college football and then go to top tw- and then go from top 25 to Pac-12. We don't, you don't have I to always have to Google call Colorado Buffaloes ESPN. That's the only way I find them on ESPN. Yeah, so. But it's because of the Buffs and not because of the Trojans, and that's what Ted wrote in his article, and I'm pumping it up again because it was so good. Uh, Ryan's article was really good, too. Uh, a lot to- of great content on BSN Buffs lately. Allie wrote a good article yesterday about the quarterback situation. Really, just we're kind of just blowing it up. I wrote some articles, too, but they weren't good, apparently. BSN Buffs on fire just like the actual Buffs. Yes. Yep. It, yeah. The rise Boom. is real for us, too. What did you text me uh, Tuesday after the press conference? We need to ascend to the level that the Colorado Buffaloes are ascending we to. We have to rise with them. Yep. This, this press conference, last press conference, we were all there. Yeah, awesome. no, it was this one. Oh. It was just you, Allie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the Buffs play the USC Trojans at 2 o'clock at Pac-12 Network, and we'll see you at the Blake Street Tavern for that concert uh, concert contest. If, you, if you're not going out to USC, of course, we'll have a man on the scene there as well in Matt Cisneros, who is a purveyor of bad tweets now. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the club. And uh, but I think you're fine with your tweets, Matt. Bad tweets, Matt. That's what I call them. But to get to the actual <laughs> game, Ryan, Allie, what are you looking forward to? And what are you looking forward to seeing as the Buffs enter the Coliseum home to the Los Angeles Rams? Honest. First time the Buffs are playing in an NFL stadium uh, since, ex- week, since one? week one. <laughs> um, I'm, first of all, I, I want to see what happens at quarterback because I literally have no idea. I mean, usually I have an idea going into the game. Um, for the Broncos, I, I honestly believe Trevor Simeon's going to be back out there this week. I have no clue what the Buffs are going to do here. And so I, I'm excited to see that. I think it's going to be another one where we find out just a few minutes before the game what's going to happen. And I really think that the Buffs defense can neutralize the powerful USC offense, no matter what they've done recently. I think the buffs are at a point where they can stop most any offense across the country. And what they do against this offense is really, really going to be interesting to me. I just want to see how the buffs handle success. You know, they handled so much uh, um, turbulence throughout the years. I want to see how they handle it when, when things are going smoothly and I just – I have a feeling I've been telling people all week, this this is not the team that doesn't know how to handle that because they've been to the bottom. So I want to see I want to see the quarterback. I want to see how the defense stands up against that offense of USC, which has plenty of weapons. And I just want to see how the team comes out because I think they're going to come out firing just like they have every week. Um, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I'm really excited to see – who goes in for starting quarterback. I'm also, I hope Cepho, but honestly, it is a game time decision, especially after everything I've heard from the coaches. Um, I'm really excited to see how the defense matches up against USC's offense, especially after um, I said I was, I'm a little skeptical and I really want to see how they do under intense pressure under USC. And I'm also excited to see Shea, Bryce Bobo, and Devin Ross just be great this week too. USC is two and three. Their two wins came against Utah State and uh, Arizona State. Arizona State's not that good this year, we think. Their three losses, however, came against Alabama, who's the number one team in the country, Stanford, who is seventh ranked and very good, besides their one loss to Washington. That was not such a good showing. Is and anyone U- good? That's my question. And Utah, who we think is solid. Uh, however, Utah is ranked 24, and the Colorado Buffaloes are ranked 21. And, and that means nothing. Agreed. Week five rank, rank. Come on, we're we're so excited about the rankings. Please tell people they mean something. It means something it's, to yeah, be it's there. Great ranked. for the program, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't on the mean field. that they're actually better than Utah. I don't know. That's what a bunch of old white sports writers say from around <laughs> press boxes in America. So, I watched them play that game against Arizona State, and I actually went back and watched it again. They were impressive. USC looked like a good a damn good football team in that game. And that to me was the first time I was like, whoa, everyone needs to chill out on USC because I feel like after they got curb stomped by Alabama, everyone was like, oh, USC's trash, whatever. Game over, close the book. They're good. They're good. 
It's hard to come back from being curbed. Oh, here oh, we go I'm again. Done with that. <laughs> it's so I don't want people to think that this is going to be some down this you know downtrending USC team. I think there's a lot of issues over there. I think Clay Helton was a terrible coaching hire. I, I thought it was bad when it happened. Uh, very emotional in the moment type of hire that just wasn't really all that smart. But that being said, this team is chock full of talent, and so anyone who thinks that the buffs are just going to walk in there and kind of roll over a dying USC team. It's just not that how it's going to happen. They've got an electric kick slash punt returner. Uh, of course, they've got Juju Smith Schuster. They've got two solid quarterbacks, Sam Darnold. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's expected yeah, to start. Darno. Darno. Mm, I, I think I it's just, Darnold. I just Darnold. felt like saying that. Okay. <laughs> you wanted to get okay, that. Right. There was no nickel state on the schedule, so you needed the EAUX. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they've got a pretty solid running back in Justin Davis, maybe one of the better running backs in the Pac-12, a little underrated. Uh, he's got 384 yards on the year, averaging 6.3 yards a carry. This USC team, and this is what the coaches have been talking about all this week, but what stands out to them, and it makes sense, is their athleticism because USC goes out and recruits four- and five-star guys. So it makes sense that their athleticism is something that would be impressive towards other teams' coaching staffs. I I guess I said a statement. (laughs) Uh, You guys suck. Uh, But Ryan, Allie. Sorry. Does that athleticism. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Just go back, go back. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah. Ryan Alley, does that athleticism, I don't know, scare you, I think would be the right word, because the Colorado Buffaloes, when you look at the recruiting and the stars, they don't match up to the athleticism that USC does, or does possess. I mean, I definitely think it should – bring a little bit of worry to the Colorado Buffaloes, and I think they need to be prepared for that. And that's why we keep repeating how important this game is going to be because a lot of elements and aspects are going to go into it. And, yeah. You know, I think what I've, I've been saying for a while now is sometimes experience trumps talent. And the Buffs have come together as such a great team that – it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily just come down to athleticism. It comes down to experience. It comes down to, like we've talked about all season, men versus boys. And so, obviously, USC is going to make some plays. They have guys that make plays. And it's just going to be about the Buffs being able to weather that storm. And that You're not going to go through a game without Juju Smith-Schuster having a big catch or without Adoree Jackson having a big return. They're going to go out there and do some things. But... It has to be that the the quote unquote strength of the herd that kind of punches back. You have to be able to take every punch and send one back, and I think this team is absolutely capable of doing that. Yeah, so, I oh sorry. Go ahead, Allie. I agree. I think it all depends on how the Buffs defense handles it and how they work together as a team to stop that athleticism that USC has. And earlier in the year, I talked to Ryan Moeller and a few other people on defense and they said that that's something that they feel like they've grown on a lot this year is that they can trust each other and that they all know that if they messed up then the person behind them has got them and I think that will definitely um prove a lot against USC okay guys let's get down to it you don't need to give me a score but what is your prediction for this game 
Allie, we'll start with you. And, and like I said, it doesn't have to be score, but it can be score. Yeah, score. All right. I think it'll be um, – I think the Buffs will be able to beat USC. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it will be 35-28. I, too, am picking Colorado to win the game. I think – it's going. I think you're going to see a similar game to that Oregon game. I think the Buffs come out charging. Um, no, like I said, they're going to get behind whatever quarterback it is. And I think you'll see USC make a run. You, you're not going to just walk into the Coliseum and, and run all over them. I do think the Buffs come out strong. I think USC pushes back. And in the end, I will say that Colorado wins the game 37-34. Thirty-seven to forty-four. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay. Well, I've got forty-five to. I think I said or forty-two to thirty-five. I said on the BSN Buffs preview, and I'm going to stick with that. But you chose USC. Yes, that was key. I did choose USC. I'm the only one here that chose USC. I think Colorado has some difficulties with their quarterbacks. No matter who plays, I think there's going to be some difficulties adjusting, especially with the uptick in the defense that's going to occur this week. I think splitting reps is going to end up hurting them that they've been doing in practice. Uh, I think that USC has some more talent in places that is eventually just going to come out and shine through like it did for Michigan later in that game. I think their quarterback is just darn old, you know. You know what I'm saying? Oh he's just my God. he's just washed up. We're gonna come back on the BSN Buffs <laughs> podcast for one more segment of Colorado Buffaloes talk. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Euflora is the Apple Store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. Welcome back into the BSN Buffs podcast and welcome back to the segment, the segment of all segments, the all name draft. I am brought to you by Bryce Badwin Industries. You can find him off of I-25 and I-70, as we've established on this podcast. Uh, Ryan, it's your week to pick first. I'm Jake Shapiro. We've also got Ali Monroy over there. What's up? Uh, Ryan, music starts to play in the background in post-production. Now you go. Yeah, with the first overall pick in the University of Sexual Ballers no. draft, you choose. Me. I would like to take a pair 
No. They're brothers. No. no. I hate you. I lose. <laughs> You're going to win. Josh and Daniel. Imator Bebe. You won. Yeah. I always win. But isn't that two picks? Like, isn't, like, like you had to trade up to get both of those picks, like Henrik and Daniel Sabine. No, obviously, it's been, um, it's been established on this podcast that when two names are related, they can be made into I mean, a package. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It does. All right, Allie, I believe you're next. All right, well, I'm going to stick uh, with what I did last week, you know, going the musical Losing? route. Oh. <laughs> hey, I won me. last time we did this. Um, I chose Jay Beebs last time, and I'm going to choose Chris Brown this time. Oh. oh. Not even the best Look Chris Brown to play college trend. football. I mean, choose a musician that gets more hits than Chris Brown. Oh. oh. Knew one of you would do it. That's why I mainly chose Um. Okay. My first pick of the all-name draft, I'm going to go with Aka Cedric Ware. Mm, he's Aka Awesome. All right, Ryan. You're going to go again. Oh, I do? Awesome. All right. My second pick of the all-name draft, back-to-back, is Stevie Tukulakatu. Good try. Good try. <laughs> Allie? Um, I wasn't ready for this. Um, I'm looking. Can I? Uh, no. Pass to you and then come back to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You're literally just taking an L right now. Uh, well, I'm already assuming I'm going to lose. All right. I'm going to go with uh, number 17, a freshman out of Miami. Pi Young. Pi Young. It's Where? like it hasn't quite you know hardened. The crust isn't hard yet. It's just a young pie. Where? I don't see him on the lineup. Oh. Okay. You're using nicknames. Hey, if it's on the roster, it's fair game. We're looking at different rosters. Ah, guys. Allie's going to pass again. Ryan's on the back-to-back. Wait, it was me back-to-back anyway. Right. Now you get back-to-back because Allie passed on her pick twice. uh, Yeah, guys. I only Chris Brown. (laughs) Oh, Ryan's not ready. Is he going to pass on his pick too? No, he's not going to pass. He's not like me. Uh, this is tough because he's just. Starting. I always try and go away from the ones that we have already used, but I'm a big fan of wholesome women, and so I'm gonna go with Devonte Nunnery. Nunnery. Let's Devante go. Devonte Nunnery. Let's go. Uh, you know, just good, a good wholesome man, Devonte Nunnery. If it's a nunnery, wouldn't he be a wholesome man? Maybe. Guys. <laughs> Allie's going to pass twice. Allie, if you don't pick one here. Pick uh, two names. Let's okay. go. Okay, I choose Matt Boymeister. Boyer. Why are you so bad at this game? I don't know, guys. <laughs> and uh, Big, uh, Kenny Bigelow. Okay. I, I really hey, don't know. Every conference needs a punching bag. Hey. Uh, it was a, it was a Chris Brown anymore. joke. <laughs> that um, was a good Chris Brown joke. I'm just really, I don't know. I'm not good at this game. I honestly, just admit. You just need some any good, other game. You need some good coaching, me. some good experience, and you'll come out of the basement. You need Darren Chevrolet. Can, can yeah. the rise be real for me, too? Well, maybe someday. Hopefully. Hopefully uh, I don't get fired. The final name of the all-name team, or the final draft Drafty name, drafty name, drafty of the all name draft is Awol 
Betaku Jr. Man, you guys are terrible. I just don't even see any I had three of good names. ones. Get the hell out of here. Terrible. Where is that one? Well, I think we need to team up against Ryan. We need to okay. do some research and team up against All right, Ryan before, next week. On our, way, on our way to Blake Street, we'll work yeah. on it. Well, I, yeah, you'll have to do that. Well, because I can drive, so I have to drive. Well, okay, well, we'll think of something. Respond on Twitter and, and let everyone know how badly I beat these two. And you know, or just in say sp- that I won again. Or just in spite. Of them to choose me. Why not? Come on, guys. This isn't a popular. A girl contest. has never won the BSN Buffs All Name. Help me out. What does it it's say? It's a new about time in America. What does Help it say about Polish culture? My column. <laughs> Help me local out. Local man please. pertubed by by a local podcast. Pertubed, huh? Pertubed. <laughs> see, because you saw it on the internet, so you saw it on the tubes. I have to sit here with these guys. Just come on, vote well, for me. That's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs <laughs> podcast from the Blake Street Tavern. As always, thanks for hosting us at the lovely Blake Street Tavern. She is Allie Monroy, who you can follow on Twitter at Monroy11. Follow Ryan Koningsberg on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Chapelicious. I'm Jake Shapiro. And uh, shout out to none. That's going to be it on the BSN Buffs I'm V religious, and it had been salted by that yeah, slap in the face. To we should stop talking about boob jobs <laughs> and maybe. Hey, you are. <laughs> I mean, I I agree. I'm we're okay. Best hidden track ever. We should stop talking about boob jobs. <laughs> um. All right. Hard, bro. You got fans. All right, we're gonna start now. <laughs>